0: Morning, once again. How is everybody? I've seen you do this before too. It's good to be with everybody. Good to see so many here on a heat wave. Uh, this has been a different year for Christmas, hasn't it? And and today especially, we get to enjoy Christmas on a Sunday. Now, Jonathan, a few minutes ago, said something I had to check out a few weeks ago. How often does Christmas come on a Sunday? Seven years, wrong. I had to check that out. As a matter of fact, over a 28-year period, it comes on intervals 11, 6, 5, and 6. So over the period of 28 years, we do have it roughly every seven years. But it is a special day today, and I'm, I'm happy to see so many of you here today. You know, a couple of weeks ago, as I was beginning to think a little bit about what I would share, a song came to me. Tell me the story of Jesus. Now, this is an old song. Does anybody remember that hymn? Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. That was penned by Fanny Crosby in 1880. She's the mother of American hymnology. I didn't know that was a word, but it is. And then these other songs came to my mind too. I love to tell the story. Remember that one? Of the Christ who died for me, how he left the realms of glory for the cross of Calvary. And then I will sing the wondrous story. And there are so many others. And all the Christmas songs that you and I enjoy, they all seem to depict a scene from the life of Christ. And so we sing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Away in a manger, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Oh, little town of Bethlehem and more. Well, for the past four weeks in this season of Advent, we've been looking at scenes of Jesus' life through his birth. And I hope what you've realized throughout every week is even though we have started with a scene from the birth as depicted in the scripture We didn't just stay there. As a matter of fact, we can't help but look at the manger and recognize that there's a shadow over the cross that falls upon that manger. And so Advent really is a faith-building season. And so for the past four weeks, as we've looked at starting, Anthony shared with us about the hope that we have because we worship a God who has fulfilled the promises proclaimed through the prophets regarding the coming of the Messiah. He's a promise keeper, and we've been singing that over and over each week. I was curious, I love Bible prophecy, and and one aspect of Bible prophecy is, a lot of people don't realize, is according to the encyclopedia of Bible prophecy, 25 to 33% of the scriptures are prophetic in nature. And Anthony shared that the chance of one man fulfilling even just eight of those prophecies was 10 to the 17th power. I went back and I checked some of those figures that Anthony was talking about. Do you know what the the chances of one man fulfilling 48 of those prophecies? 10 to the 157th power. That's That's a number we couldn't even put on the screen here, okay? But what kind of a God shares information about his plan for you and I. It's a God who says through Isaiah the prophet, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. And so in week two, JC shared with us about the faith of Mary and Joseph. And how each responded in confidence and obedience to the messages and the visions that God had given them. And so we were reminded that the righteous shall live by faith. And then in week three, Fitz shared about the announcement of joy made by the angel to the shepherds. I bring you good news of great joy the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And how fitting it was that who would inspect that new baby, it would be the shepherds who were tending their flocks around the city of, of Bethlehem. In 2018, we were privileged to be able to go to Israel for a few days, and one of our stops was in Bethlehem. And Nativity Square, and also we went out to the Shepherds' Fields, which were hills surrounding uh, the the city of Bethlehem. And I'm sure it was a whole lot smaller then. But on these hills, you can easily see the Temple Mount, where so much of the worship activity of the Jews was involved in. And did you know that probably? It was those shepherds that tended the same flocks that had the lambs that were slain in the worship of God. It was those same shepherds who came to inspect the newborn baby. It's incredible. There are so many layers to this story, not just the birth, but about the life of Jesus. And then last week, Mark talked about the proclamation of peace that was sung by the angels Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. You know, we're we're reminded that Jesus came to make peace between God and man. But unfortunately, as you and I have looked around at the world around us over the last year, maybe the last several years, there's been anything but peace, hasn't there? And I wonder, couldn't your life use some more peace Faith and hope and joy, absolutely. As, as we just read on the screen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to judge the world but that the world might be saved through him. Now, that passage goes on with verse 18, that's not on the screen here, but it says, he who believes in him is not judged. But he who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only begotten son. So what we find out real quick is that Jesus entered into this messy, sinful world our rescue mission on a mission to rescue mankind, and he was the only one who could do it. And so we look at the story of Jesus. And especially this year, what I wanna focus on is two things. One thing that we do is we have to remember it. Now, that means we have to call it to mind, to be attentive of it, to be mindful of this story and all that it implies. The apostle Peter in his in his second book said, I consider it right as long as I am in this earthly dwelling to stir you up by way of reminder. Has anybody made a list for the last week? This this season is full of lists. My life is full of lists, and I'll bet you yours is too, because they're There's so much to remember. Now, the older I get, I know I have a whole lot more to remember, and thank goodness, Sherry reminds me of a lot of those things quite often. But did you you know that this whole idea of remembering is mentioned almost 250 plus times in Scripture? God is constantly telling his people, remember this, remember this, and he's trying to connect the dots for us. And I think that's a lot of what Advent and Christmas is all about. We have to remember because we are a forgetful people. I know I am. like the shepherds, we need to be among those who say, hey, let's look and investigate this wondrous thing that God has done and to notice that. But the second thing we should do in this season is we celebrate. That means we commemorate. We observe it. We honor and we mark the things that we're remembering. And so, the world needs to do that as well, just like you and I do in our daily lives. We build our faith on the things that we hope for. Now, three weeks ago, Jonathan brought up Hebrews 11, 1, and that's what I'd like us to connect the dots on this morning. That verse says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So according to that, what is faith? It's the substance, it's the stuff, it's what we believe in. One thing thing this causes me to realize is, is that hope is the fuel of faith. Hope is the fuel of faith. It's what we hope for. And if you only have a few hopes in your life, then I'm afraid you're destined to have a small faith. But a large hope, many hopes, can give us a life in which we can be anchored and we can withstand the storms of this life. And so we need to understand that relationship between hope and faith. How many, how many hopes do you have stored up? Can you name them? Do, you, do we even know what that is? The old song says my hope is built on nothing less than what? Jesus' blood and righteousness, okay? And so we look to the scriptures, we look in the book and we begin to pile up the hopes, store them up, write them down. Commit them to memory. Talk about them with each other. Encourage each other with notes that contain these hopes, these promises by God. And so we remember and we celebrate. That's what we do in this season. And that looks like, I wanna suggest three things. First, what God has done in the past, okay? 1 John 4, 9, by this the love of God was manifested in us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. And so this whole idea of of what God has done in the past, we have to notice that, not just the Christmas story, but think about the gospels. Think about the early days of the church. Think about the trials and, and, and the burdens that the early believers went through but how they lived victorious lives. Colossians chapter two, when you were dead in your transgressions and sin and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with him. He has made us alive together with with Jesus. But not, not only do we look at the things that God has done in the past to store up our hopes, got to notice the things that he is doing now in our lives. He is calling, that, there are several things. The first thing he's doing, he's calling all men to himself. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls." Do you know any that are weary and burdened? Heavy laden? Well, Jesus' invitation has come. But he is also perfecting me through his grace. I love the passage of Philippians 1.6. He who began a good work in you will perfect it, will complete it until the day of Christ. And so he is constantly doing that in my life and yours. He's perfecting us he's maturing us and that looks that involves several things according to Romans chapter 12 it involves being transformed by the renewing of our minds and conformed to the likeness of Jesus that means my thinking my attitudes, how I walk out my life, how I behave with those that I love maybe that I some that I are a challenge to love, but it changes all of that. And so we are setting our minds on the things above and not necessarily on the things of this earth that perish because our life is hidden with Christ in God. We are storing up treasures in heaven where moth rust and thieves cannot destroy. And we're building our lives on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ by remembering and by celebrating. But there again, we've gotta pile them up. We've gotta pile them up. Well, it also involves, by his spirit, he's healing me of sin, sickness, and scars. Sin has that impact on all of us. There's not a person in this room that doesn't have a lot of hurts, scars in your life, a lot of hard memories. I remember early in my life, Christmases left me more disappointed than happy. Why? Because it was a condition of my family. I was born into a really imperfect family. And there are a lot of memories I have in my head. Even now, I don't want to go there because they're hard. And I bet some of you all have some of these hard memories as well. But the Lord can clean those up. He can bring hope, peace, and that's what we need. But God's love has also commissioned us. Matthew 28, to help people find and follow Jesus. And how can we not look at this world that is so absent of peace, and to know the people you and I do in our own circles How can we not allow the light of Christ to shine through to other people? Well, the third thing we have to do to pile up our hopes and to celebrate is what God's love will accomplish in the future. I love this verse, Colossians 3. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Can you imagine what that day is gonna be like? We need to imagine that. We need to think about it often because we're 2,000 years closer to that event. And when I look at the circumstances of this world, I can't help but think Jesus is coming. It's gonna be sometime soon. I wanna be ready for that. Jesus said in my Father's house or many dwelling places, if it were not so, I would have told you but I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So what's that gonna look like? Well, the Apostle Paul says, as things which eye has not seen, ears not heard, neither is entered into the mind of man, what God has prepared for those who love him. That is gonna be something to behold. And we need to think of those things to help store up the hope that we need to be able to live out our lives and to look like Jesus when the end of our days has come. So that's what builds our confidence and assurance to walk this life out. We remember, and we celebrate it. Individually, together, every Sunday, when we're in small groups, when we're with those who are hurting, and we're with those who need hope in this world. So if you find yourself down this Christmas, and I recognize that for everyone in this room, it may not be the best of times, and it may not be the worst. But wherever you find yourself, rather than thinking about Christmas, maybe we need to think more about Christ. Rather than thinking about presents given or received, maybe we need to think about his presence in our life. So tell me the story of Jesus. This is easy. Jesus left heavens for earth so that you and I could have our place in heaven. Simple, isn't it? But how profound is that? He's the one you and I need to do business with. Every day and always. He's the way, the truth, the life, and as we've been singing all month, he's what? The way maker, miracle worker, the promise keeper. He's the light of the world. So, let's pray and let's thank God for this wonderful day that we have together. Dear God, I thank you for each here who's gathered with us. We thank you that you, you, before the world began, you mapped out a day in which you would send your son into this life. And Father, I'm so grateful that you have because... None of us would have hope, joy, peace, faith, love, unless we had looked to you for that. And so like the the Apostle Paul, I I would pray that each of us being rooted and established in love, would have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how deep how high is the love of Christ. And that we might know this love that surpasses knowledge and that we would be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. May that be our prayer today. In Christ's name, amen.